Welcome to Create Wealth Through Franchising. I'm your host, Kim Daly. Whether you're a CEO, a military vet, a real estate investor, or simply in career transition and ready to take ownership of your future, with each episode, you're going to learn valuable insights and hear inspiring stories from within the franchise industry. On that note, my guest stories are their own. And as a franchise consultant, I do not make personal brand endorsements or earnings claims, but I do educate, motivate, and inspire dreams. Now, on to the show. Welcome back to Create Wealth Through Franchising Podcast and Kim Daily TV. Our special guest with us today, his name is Brad, and he lives in Delaware. We don't know anything about Delaware. That's what we agreed before we hit record. (laughs) And he is a franchisee of a company called Mosquito Shield. Brad, welcome to the studio of Kim Daily TV. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. We are excited to talk to you today because we're going to dive into this very elusive definition of semi-absentee ownership in franchising. Brad has a story, but before we start talking about semi-absentee ownership, Brad, why don't we get the followers of Kim Daly into your story? So tell us a little bit about what you were doing when you started thinking, I need to do something different, and you started thinking about a franchise. Yeah, so my story really quickly is I've been in the corporate world for close to 20 years, been in the insurance world, been that typical W-2 employee, right? Working for a giant conglomerate of a company, making I laugh 30 cents on a dollar and saying, hmm, that's funny when you do all the work and, you know, you make uh, 30 cents on a dollar, where's all this money going to? And, you know, that really kind of led, my wife had been a stay-at-home mom for 10 years. It was a decision that we were able to make. We don't regret it. But when we were starting to look at, okay, our youngest kid has gotten to school age, you know, she said, hey, I'm ready to start to have adult conversations, right? All that fun stuff that, you know, we get when moms, if you've been a stay-at-home mom, like, please just let me talk to adults. And we kind of were having an honest conversation to say, you know, what is going back to work look like for you, Christy? And when you really drilled it down, it was kind of looking at, well, you're kind of starting over in a career. You've been out of it for 10 years. Maybe you're going to make forty to $50,000 kind of reinventing yourself starting out, two weeks vacation. And when we really kind of whiteboarded everything out, we kind of said, hey, we may actually be going backwards when you start to add had summer camps and, you know, struggling to go on vacation and syncing it with, well, I don't have any time off and all that stuff. And we kind of really said, hey, if we're being honest, you know, we're in our early 40s at the time, you know, maybe this is the time now where we should start a sub business on the side and really kind of see what's out there. And then we kind of said, well, what should we do? And we said, well, I have no idea. We don't know what we want to do. We have no passion about anything. We didn't know business. And then that led to kind of, well, what is franchise looking like? And, you know, then we kind of educated ourselves and went down that rabbit hole in all honesty. And I think a lot of people are like me, the traditional, I had always thought franchising was the Chick-fil-A model, right? You needed three, four, $5 million of cash to even get a franchise off the ground. Had no idea that these were their, you know, smaller, maybe upcoming businesses that you could really be on the forefront and the groundbreaking opportunity, you know, and when you started to dive in more about that and kind of say, oh, the amount of cash really we don't need and the pros of turnkey solutions and finding a business that, you know, we're passionate or checks the boxes, you know, that's what really kind of led us down to the franchising. And again, when we evaluated all those kind of the pros, we were like, franchising is definitely the way we want to go. And we locked into Mosquito Shield very quickly. And here we are two years later, and we've learned a lot. We've grown a lot. This was our first opportunity into small business ownership. But you know, it's something as you see the build and you see your guys building that up, it's it's you get so much more pride and enjoyment out of it. 
super fantastic setup and we're not just going to skate by oh we landed on mosquito shield very quickly so <laughs> let's rewind the tape because this is not the obvious low-hanging fruit on the tree brad let's be real nobody ever said oh yeah kim i think i want to be in pest control so yeah let's back up were you working with a consultant how did you even learn about mosquito shield yeah, I had honestly answered inquiry through Franchise Fastlane, okay. you know, where they kind of have 15 to 20 franchises available to them to be able to look at. So I spent some times with, you know, my representative, Ross, and really kind of said, hey, dude, I have no idea if this is going to go anywhere. I don't know anything about franchise, but, you know, the, the beauty about working with somebody like that is if you find the right person, right? Yes. Do they want to make a sale down the ride? But at the end of the day, they're all about education. And even if you spend 30 minutes and said, hey, I'm good, but I don't think this is going to be right. But, you know, we never felt pressured. We were able to evaluate, you know, 15 or 20 companies pretty quickly just to say, hey, does any of these companies even resonate? I do joke with my friends and family. If you had told me two years ago, you'd be in the pest control business killing mosquitoes. I'm like, what happened or what went wrong? But, you know, the reason it checked quite a few boxes for us, at least again, where we live, we're in a coastal area. You know, we've got water on one side with the ocean. We've got water on the another side with the bay. So the obviously the mosquito population is never going to be an issue that we didn't have. We did not have a ton of competition when we did some of the research on that end. And then what we did see is post-COVID, right? So many folks left, you know, DC, Baltimore, the major cities, Philadelphia, and kind of came to say, hey, I can now work from home. Why don't we live at the beach? And so you did see a massive explosion of the residential communities in our area. And we kind of said, hey, if we can get on the front of this, I mean, really kind of build this out for a couple of years, like we thought we had a great opportunity. And then selfishly insurance-wise, I had a very good understanding of recurring revenue, right? That's what it's all about. Like the guarantee as as you build that client base and the more and more clients that you build on year after year, that recurring revenue, we all know, hey, at the end of the day, it takes a hundred clients to kind of run your basic operating expenses or your basic budget. But anything after that, the profit really kind of tremendously scales upwards. Um, so I live that model for close to 20 years on the insurance side. And I could see, oh, this, this model makes total sense to me to be able to build. And then right, seasonality aspect of the business too. So my wife and I both agreed like, hey, at the end of the day, yes, we're knee deep with kids growing. But, you know, 10 years from now, it would be nice. Our kids are in college doing their own things. You know, you work really hard for six, seven, even maybe eight months. But if you said, hey, you've got two or three months to do whatever the heck you want to do for the rest of those time. Like to us, that was kind of the dream to say we worked really hard. We finished the season, but now we've got, you know, 60 to 90 days to kind of do what we want into our 50s and 60s, but still have that job or that career to kind of come back and, and running the business. Hey, Daily Coach fans, if you're loving this episode, please do me a quick favor and leave me a five-star rating and a short review. Your feedback fuels my growth and rankings and shows others that this podcast is valuable. Now, back to the show. What an amazing answer. And I love, I was thinking, I got to ask you about the seasonality and you went right there. It was like you were reading my mind. That's awesome. <laughs> In going down this path, Brad, have you kept your W-2 and has Christy been sort of taking the reins of the business or have you found yourselves both sort of actively engaged in ramping the business? Yeah. So it's funny. Once I went full entrepreneur, I kind of ripped the bandaid off and actually decided to go out of my own on the insurance side as well. And then we're actually dabbling into getting into another franchise as well. So we were kind of fully like, we're going for it, you know, on that end. But initially, yeah, the beauty of at least my side on the insurance side, I've traditionally managed a book of business, right? I control my day-to-day -day operations. So, you know, I've had the flexibility to say, hey, at the end of the day, I've got to get these tasks done for my primary W-2 job, right? But 
it's an office setting. I'm a big believer is, hey, at the end of the day, I, I wake up early. So, you know, I've, I can control my destiny. If I've got to wake up at five in the morning to do an hour of mosquitoes, go through my day and then come back and do a couple things. Or even throughout the day, if there's smaller tasks that we have to do. Christy and I really broke it up. Our understanding was, you know, she was going to be pretty much full time into the business, right? She was going to, you know, other than managing the kids and the school and all that stuff, but she was going to be handling a lot of the day-to-day operations. So she's been, you know, I joke, she's been our six quarter running, you know, salesman of the quarter. You know, she's been doing a lot of the client interactions. So setting up and interacting, we do a ton of text messages through the clients on the day-to-day. I've been doing more of the stuff where setting up some of the financial stuff, right? Developing the marketing. Hey, how much do we want to spend? Where do we want to spend it? Doing that behind the scenes, doing some of the tech work, obviously. So it's really kind of a total team effort on that end. So Mosquito Shield sort of says to us consultants, you know, this is a general manager, semi-absentee run business. So so let's dive into the crux of this conversation, Brad, because, you know, I have a lot of videos on Kim Daily TV that talk about, like I said in the beginning, this elusive definition of semi-absentee. What does that actually mean? I have come to believe after 21 years of, you know, being around thousands of franchise opportunities and watching lots and lots of people go on to build semi-absentee businesses that the definition is very subjective to each owner. So what does semi-absentee mean for you, if anything? Did it mean anything in the beginning? And maybe what do you see it meaning to you now that you're, you know, a couple of years into your ramp up? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. I think the key is subjective for sure, right? I, like you said, I think literally every single person's definition of semi-absenteeism could be zero hours to, oh, I'm only in it 30 hours a week, right? And you know, we've all had those people that micromanaged us and yet they felt they weren't in, in all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I think everybody has to have a true understanding of what does that definition look like for them, the semi-absenteeism? I always joke that, hey, at the end of the day, if we could all get into a business and work five hours a week and run a successful business, business, then we'd all be in franchise, right? We'd all be Mosquito Shield owners. So, you know, we got to caution that, you know, I also think too, you know, what what is the career that you are currently in, right? So for me being in the insurance world, I have a client base, I control my and set my own schedule. I've got the freedom and flexibility to be able to do that versus let's say a lawyer or a doctor that, you know, is in surgery, right? Or they're in meeting patients all day and they can't pull away, even if it's just for a five minute call, right? Hey, this equipment broke down, not sure what to do. Okay, let me take care of that real quick and answer that that question. They don't have the ability to be able to do that, to be able to run that day-to-day operation. But you know, the stuff that I thought has been invaluable for me is I spent a lot of time in year one and year two being the actual tech, right? So going out, meeting the clients, learning the business about the products that we're putting down, how to, you know, I've always been in sales, right? So I, I think I'm pretty good at talking to people and, you know, talking to them about the services that we're providing and how can we help? How's everything working? That kind of stuff. But seeing the day-to-day grind of what is a tech going to go through like to spray, you know, upwards of 30, 35 houses a day, you know, in 90 degree heat. What does that day look like? How exhausted are we? I joke with my wife, there's some days, you know, I did that and I would come home and be at 530. She'd be like, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to bed. And, uh, but I think it's invaluable to be able to see, you know, as future years grow, you can relate or be able to have the conversations with those texts that you hired of, Hey, I know what you're going through. You know, we're in the heat of summer. I know how hot it is. Are we, you know, are you doing everything you can? 
something to water yourself. If you need a break, like, because I've been there and I do think that that was invaluable for me that as we grow, you know, I had that flexibility to be able to do that, you know, but I, I do think in terms of, you know, semi-absenteeism, the goal is to, yes, in a perfect world, how fast can we ratchet it up to where we're building the infrastructure? We've got the middle management maybe in line in terms of the general manager in place. How fast can we build it up to get it to that? Does it take two years, five years or eight years? And I do think the more and more that you are involved on that first, you know, let's call it six months, you know, to 18 months to two years. I just think that moves that timeline so much faster, the more hours that you can spend it. Yeah. Again, at the end of the day, you know, do what I love to five years from now, come back on this and say, Kim, we finally made it. Christy and I are, you know, loving life. We're making great amount of money and we're not really working hard. Now she will tell you I'm not wired like that. There's no way that I'll go on to the next thing because I'll be bored to be able to do that. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that's a goal, but I think in order to define that, the amount of work and time that we've an effort that we put in the first couple of years will get us there that much faster rather than let's say, you know, eight year eight, year ten that it takes, maybe some owners that weren't putting in the full amount of time on that initial end. Okay, great. I mean, I love that, like going back to like, so you were insurance, which is long term sustainable and reoccurring and look, mosquitoes long term sustainable and reoccurring. There's some synergy there. And I think that, you know, listening to you talk about how you chose to get out there and like be the sprayer, that was important to you as an owner, right? And I think that you're right, like that kind of makes you like that servant leader, because you can say to your employees, I'm not asking you to go do a job that I haven't done, right? right. I think that that is valuable. And I also think that if I have to summarize everything that you're saying, like because you've learned in the trenches, I think that shortens the learning curve, which is what you're saying, right? And that's what helps you kind of get to the next level of growth. Like people think, oh, well, how quickly can I make a million dollars? They're looking at earnings claims. And I'm always like, what does an earnings claim tell you about how quickly you can make a million dollars? Because we don't know how you're going to show up. We don't know the learning curve that you have to go through so that you become the owner worthy of making a million dollars, right? Because the million dollars just doesn't magically show up. It shows up because you're the owner who gave enough that the service worthy of a million dollars of return. And so I think that in listening to you, that's kind of what you're saying, right? You had to get in there for you, roll up your sleeves and be in it. And because you were willing to do that work on the ground floor, it advanced your learning and helped you become that owner to where now you can see that there's a path forward where you've got the structure in place, you've got the education, you know what you're doing. And so now it's easier to step back. Is that a good summary of what you just said? Yeah, I think so. So now it's, um, you know, maximizing your time, right? And what you're good at, right? As my wife will always say, well, you're going to be the, and I joke, right? I said, I'm going to be the best sprayer our company probably ever has. No offense to any future hires that we hire. If you're listening to this years around, you're like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm the sprayer for Brad. I'm the lead tech. But, you know, at the end of the day, when it is your business, right? And your name is on it, you're going to care the most. And am I going to give the extra attention or not rush through a spray because I've got something to do that evening? Absolutely. But then you also realize, on the owner side, right? My strengths have to be put to better use where, hey, at the end of the day, as we grow and scale this thing up, because that's what it's all about, you know, I can't be spending the time doing 30, 40 hours of spraying into the field because at the end of the day, my strengths have to be better put towards growing that top line revenue that we talked about, adding additional trucks, you know, marketing to get more sales into the community and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, again, it's now I'm struggling with the, all right, now where do we have to kind of say, okay, you did that, which was a great experience, right? But you can't 
can't just sit there, right, and say, well, I'm just going to be the one-man warrior. I'm going to be the tech because at the end of the day, you know, you're not going to scale up and grow accordingly on that end. Hey, Daily Coach fans, if you're ready to begin your own journey to find the perfect franchise, please email me right now at inquire at kimdaily.tv. My services are totally free for you. That's inquire at kimdaily.tv. Now, back to the show. So you left your W-2 and you went like as an independent insurance agent. Is that what you were saying? So you were literally starting two businesses at the same time? Yes, correct. So again, I as my wife would say, you don't know how to not how to relax and not be busy. So <laughs> yes, at the end of the day, you know, I kind of look at it and go backwards to say, hey, I'm 44. I actually wish I did this 10 years ago, right? Rip the band-aid. But we all know, right? Hey, once you start to have kids and you build your career and you start to make a certain income level, right? Somebody always had a great analogy. You always turn that next valve on, right? So with the money, no matter how much more money you're making, you just add another valve, whether it's a second car or a boat club or a, you know, whatever, kids tuition, right? 529 accounts. You know, at the end of the day, you kind of ratchet that up. So, you know, the unfortunate thing about sometimes I feel people, you know, the safe route is to, you know, sit in that career, put your 20 or 30 years in, you know, but I realize I have more entrepreneurial blood in my family or in myself than I actually had. Um, and I really wish I would have done this years ago. You know, when I first graduated college, my mom said, hey, you lose health insurance at the end of this month and you need benefits. And so you better go get a job. And what I really should have said is that's great, mom. But, you know, I can always go get a job six months from now, 12 months from now. But if there is something that maybe I'm passionate about, I should actually try to probably build that right now. Right. I can go wait tables. I don't have families, don't have any true obligations. I can, you you know, wait tables, like I said, bartend at night to make some cash. But hey, if there is something you're passionate about when you're young and before you have a lot of those, like the time is now to build that out, you know, take that one or two years where you maybe you're not making the revenue, but build it then because you'll see, you know, when you control your own destiny and the freedom, because when you do start to have friends or family and stuff, you know, you truly want to be in control of that schedule where you're not missing out on any kids activities. Because at the end of the day, Kim, I don't know, I'm sure you've been in the corporate world as well. At the end of the day, these companies I've had, uh, you know, my share of it. And maybe I'm in my mid forties, but once you're gone, you're gone, right? They don't necessarily care, right? Somebody always had a good analogy that if you were to die today, you know, you probably your job requisition would be in the paper before your obituary. So, you know, at the end of the day, these companies, I do wish I took more maybe vacation time. You know, I was always the guy that still worked for vacation. And now I've kind of said, listen, I'm in control of total destiny. Yes. Is it nerve wracking some days? Is it stressful? Because, hey, when you're all out on your own, you can only really look at the mirror. But, you know, as you see the builds of these different companies and these entities, you know, you kind of realize, hey, I'm hardworking. I know I'm going to be successful. And yeah, you know, two, three, four years from now, I'm going to say this was the greatest thing that ever happened to me taking taking control. So was this the greatest thing that's ever happened to you taking control, Brad? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we wouldn't, uh, my wife would tell you that too. I mean, we wouldn't look back. We've had so much fun. We've learned so much just in business operating and leaning on the corporate folks. The Mosquito Shield have been awesome to kind of teach you what you don't know, kind of coming out of the gate, how to be successful. Networking with peers has been instrumental. If there's one thing I could always harp on any franchise owners that are listening to this is get with your peer groups, right? Get with a small group of three or four other owners in your area that 
own the same franchise that you get, you know, have scheduled mar- weekly or bi-weekly calls just to connect on what's working, what's not working, right? The real, as we say, the real conversations, right? But, you know, that that's my biggest takeaway to franchise, you know, find that small group, build your own team out that way because it's so invaluable learning, you know, what's working, what's not working from those other owners. Yeah, the accountability that is available, you know, not just what's working and what's not working, but having these other people when you hear like that, oh, you think it's your the economy is driving your business down. And then you talk to your neighbors and the economy is not driving their business down. Right. And so you kind of have to like own your own, you know what, and be accountable. And so these accountability groups, as we call them in my franchise, are invaluable, especially when you're young and you're growing and you're still trying to work it all out. It's just It's so great, everything you're saying. And I love that, like, you're like, yeah, start when you're young. But you know what? Hindsight is always 2020. That's why you're saying that. So for those people who are out there that are incredibly inspired, like I am, by this guy, Brad, and his energy and his vision and what he's doing, you know that I want to be your daily coach. And it's not too late to start because you're here now. And if you don't start now... 10 years from now, you're going to look back and go, man, I thought 44 was old, but now I'm 54 and now it's even riskier. So the older we get, the less risks we can afford to take because we have less time to come back if it doesn't work or if it's harder than we thought. And so today's the day. It's the day to start. And if you are inspired, please know that I want to be your daily coach. Please follow the email on the screen right now or reach directly out to me at inquire at kimdaily.tv. That's inquire at kimdaily.tv. Brad, you have been an amazing inspiration, a wealth of knowledge. There was like a million truth bombs. I did not interrupt you. Normally, I like to interrupt. I did not interrupt you because you were just preaching it and I was enjoying it. So thank you so much for being my special guest here today on Kim Daily TV. You're very welcome. Appreciate you so much. Until next time, my name is Kim Daly, and I want to be your daily coach. You can find more content just like this on my YouTube channel at kimdaily.tv. And if you're inspired to take the next step to explore franchises matched to you, please email me right now at inquire at kimdaily.tv. That's inquire at kimdaily.tv. 